Please spread the word about my shows. I'm an independent creator and I would really appreciate it. I make K-pop guides, as well as I have exclusive interviews with songwriters, journalists, the artists themselves, best new music roundup episodes, artist-specific deep dive episodes, episodes about the history of K-pop, all sorts of content is covered. So to get your fill and support an independent creator, please check out 17 Karat K-pop wherever you get your podcasts, and view an episode guide at howtostand.substack.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Thank you all so much for your patience last week. Whenever I have a quiet week, just know it's not really a quiet week. I'm working on a lot behind the scenes. Last week was one of those behind the scenes weeks. I've got so much in store the rest of the year, really, but especially the next few weeks. Cool interviews, artist-specific episodes, non-artist-specific episodes, quite a variety pack for you. Can't say much more, but stay tuned at howtostand.substack.com for the latest updates as well as, of course, subscribing to this show. Time to start enjoying that new content I've been working on. Kicking things off with my recap of All Things Maxident by Stray Kids. So let's just dive right in. As is Stray Kids' new custom, Maxident merges words together. No easy, merge together, noisy, and no easy. Referencing that it may be, not for everyone, their music, but they're going to keep making noise anyway. Metaphorically and literally. They're not going to change for anybody. There was ordinary, which is about how what is ordinary about all of us is that we all have that odd in us. And now there's maxident, which combines accident or incident with maximum. Referring to the maximum intensity. Not really big mistake is the translation there because it's not really about the word accident so much as making sure they stress this is the opposite of on purpose. They just stumbled into this totally unexpected, unplanned for feeling of being lovestruck. So it feels like one giant, irreversible accident. It's a very fun, quirky, very Stray Kids way to, for the first time really, have a title track and a comeback focused around love and a crush. And one of the ways I think this release really shows growth is because of that. Previous works were all about growing comfortable in themselves and finding themselves, and now they're learning to embrace and find other people, find their people, find their love. Now they can love other people after getting to know themselves. Banchan was really cute at the press conference for this release, talking about his pride in his band for how well they communicated the ideas he had hoped to express, especially in case 143, lingo for I love you. Who got into the hotline you could call for a sneak peek of the songs? Truly, every time I tried to call, it was busy. So anyway, there was a special 1-800-STRAY-KIDS kind of number you could call for a sneak peek, which is a very cute promo strategy. That unfortunately was too good of an idea because the line was always busy when it called. Maybe that hotline gimmick was itself a maxident. Anyway, 3 Racha, the iconic production and rap subgroup, produced this entire album. And everyone else also contributed to lyrics and composition. The release starts with Case 143. Describing a case file with the lingo for I love you as they investigate this maxident. It's definitely sonically in the same world as Maniac, which I love, but I think I like it more than Maniac. It's just even more funny and cute. Chills has some interesting analogies to water, talking about your time flowing like water in a way that is, again, not about an accident so much as the opposite of on purpose. You can't control it. They also compare this never-ending fight to trying to cut water with a knife. 
They also compare their attempts at flirting or at least talking with someone to gum on a trash can. I guess about just not going anywhere they intended, anywhere productive. I think they mean gum on the trash can as opposed to in the trash bag. Anyway. They seem to reference past songs with lyrics like TikTok, TikTok, that was from Chronosaurus. They also say in silence there is awkwardness, and they have a song called Awkward Silence. They also say get yourself out of my memories, bringing to my maze of memories. So they make some new clever water metaphors, also talking about spit it out your feelings, and they go back to recurring themes as well. Give Me Your TMI is a great title to sum up the essence of this album. The song talks about the sense of buffering, glitching, feeling like you're almost twitching, just kind of having a glitch moment, basically a brain fart. And so it's cute asking for you to tell more to them, and they sing about not caring what your answers are, they just want to hear you talk and learn more about you, every little thing about you. But it also shows their exasperation, because at the end of the day, they're just like, just give me the TMI. Give me the fun stories. Stop making me really try hard to get flirty the right way, overthink how to pose these questions. Please just tell me everything without me having to try to prompt you. Their exasperation can be felt. They're staying cute and flirty, but they're also exasperated. Again, maximum emotions here. Superboard has a proverb in it I had not heard before. They reference the proverb, the dog that chases the chicken eventually ends up looking at the roof. Basically referring to how sometimes you're that dog, you're chasing a chicken, but once they're on the roof, you just have to stand there and stare up at them. There's no recourse, no way to get to them, no way to pass a certain obstacle, nothing to do but stare and mope or be jealous. It's an interesting insecurity, sense of exasperation, tied into this release especially because they're often very, very confident. And here they're admitting, look, I don't know if I can deal with this accident. Putting that in the middle of the album is also a smart narrative decision. The song called Three Racha, really just instantly iconic, just next level rapping from them. This is when they reference time flowing like water and how they make a slope to make it go faster. So at this part of the album, they went from feeling like the water was more powerful than them and out of their control to saying they can control it. They also compare their impact to that of a storm, a whirlpool. They've referenced that before quite a bit. There's the comparing emotions to tornadoes, volcanoes, all sorts of stuff before. That theme is back. I'd also like to think they were referencing past songs with lyrics like chopping up sounds faster than lightning, chopping up referring to God's menu, lightning referring to thunderous. Also a potential God's menu nod when they say the Scoville scale is on the verge of blowing up. The Scoville scale is basically a ranking of spiciness. Their defiant outro is, while they're complaining, we're producing. I also love the lyric, masterminds the perfect trio, bound by blood, musketeers of making music, one for all and all for one. We need to step and appreciate that lyric for the visual mixed with the alliteration. Musketeers of making music, gotta love it. Things take a turn for the unexpectedly more dramatic and mature romantic on taste. It's full of lyrics that sound like they're straight out of a romantic movie or a romance novel. Can't Stop definitely sits at the table with 2 minus 1 by 17. Gotta love a pop rock song, and it's a great genre for the feeling of puppy love and clumsiness, feeling lovesick that they sing about. Lastly, there is Circus, the Korean version. The Japanese version came out this past summer. The music video in hindsight feels so, so perfect. In the circus video, the dynamite goes off. 
it reaches the end of the rope and the explosion takes place. The fireworks erupt and it's just such a perfect metaphor. Stray Kids literally are at the end of their rope. They are having a maximum accident, maximum amount of emotions, but now fireworks erupt. So once they're at the end of the rope, they decide to make the most of this big moment, this momentum, and turn it into positive energy instead of a nerve-wracking sensation. They take their moment of crisis and make it a big, exciting opportunity, lyrically and just symbolically, with that video. So that's your track-by-track overview. Now let's talk about 17 things you may have missed about this, 17 noteworthy details, 17 things to keep in mind, 17 memorable aspects of this comeback, really particularly focused on connections to past eras, lyrically, but also especially visually in their music video universe. The first thing out of 17 I want to note is the fact that it is a very Stray Kids release. That this is their most strange album yet. Sonically, it's the quirkiest. Thematically, it's the most unapologetic. It's the best, most unique way they could have taken a classic concept like puppy love or feeling over your head with experiencing first love. It's just a perfect evolutionary marker for them. Artistically, story-wise, I just wanted to praise the album. So my praise for how it was made and the way they capture these feelings, that's number one. Number two all the ways they nod back to their roots. They kept their logo on a flag in many videos before, and now they have their Stray Kids Everywhere All Around the World slogan on a banner in the video for Superboard. Not only in the TMI video does the front license plate have their debut date on it, 325, but there's a mini heart-shaped box on the ground in the 143 video, Case 143, which has the same maze design on it as the Miro album cover. Just two of the many ways they put Easter eggs in this release. It's also just really cute because that same scene with the Miro cover art is the crime scene, as they call it, with this big heart-shaped hole cut in the wall. Just other nice architectural details that keep it cute while it's also destructive. Cute but destructive, kind of their whole thing. Just like the circus video, explosion into fireworks. Number three, the outfit details. Felix and Changbin both wear these baseball caps in the Gimir TMI video. And that seems notable because the outline of the figure on the instruction sign to find the TMI, his outline shows a baseball cap too. So the chosen one, basically, that will make this mission a success is the one in a baseball cap. And given their dual dimension storyline, maybe in one dimension Felix is that person, in another it's Changbin. But at some point they both had a baseball cap on. This also brings to mind when they tried to kind of emphasize the dual universes theme in the Freeze video with their outfits, where members wearing all white were on one side of the table and on mostly black, some white details, in the outfits on the right. Number four, the black umbrellas. In the new Maxident intro video, Han carries this black umbrella. In the Freeze video, they were all surrounded by people holding black umbrellas. It also seems notable that Han holds the umbrella despite it being a sunny day, and there's a juxtaposition with the Freeze video where they hold umbrellas on a snowy day. Number five, Hyunjin and his apple. His character has an apple again in the Maxident intro video, just like he does in the new TMI video and did previously in the Audinary video, the comeback trailer. Number six, phone calls, attempts to call someone. Not just obviously a theme now with the text lingo 
but with Hyunjin trying to take a phone call, which is followed by the screen going black. Previously, a phone booth was a key site in the Adenary concept trailer. Speaking of that rooftop where Hyunjin tried to take a call, that is also on my list of things to note. Because that rooftop has been a key site where they sat on the legend Nero, where they played and goofed off together in Astronaut. They all assemble there and stuff goes down whenever they do. This time they're there as Hyunjin tries to take a call about who knows what in the Maxident concept trailer ends with stuff just broken and scattered on that rooftop. The skateboard, the bike, the teddy bear, things from previous videos slash other videos. All just left broken memories, fragments of memories on that rooftop. Next thing to note, anytime you see ropes, locks, chains, etc. There was the padlock in the Adenary trailer. Felix is playing around with this padlock, which ends up exploding into a bunch of pieces. Felix now has this rope he uses to tie up one of the little fuzzy villains, more on that later, in the new Case 143 video. If Hyunjin's main symbol with him is an apple, Felix's is a lock or rope, something to constrain his opponent. Number 8. The reappearance of rose symbolism. There are roses now in the taste video. And previously, those were symbolic amidst all the gray. There was a red rose in District 9 when this all began. There are also roses then lining the walls in back door that Lino walked by. And that's notable because Lino is the one who really helped pull the lever and start the action of that video. Passing those roses is meaningful. So the list so far are things to note. The nods to their slogan, logo, debut date, all that good stuff symbolism in their outfit choices, the black umbrellas, Hyunjin in his apple, Felix and the padlock or rope or chains, that kind of thing, that iconic rooftop setting, phone calls they're trying to make, the roses, references to the ocean or ice, obviously now in chill, but that was also a theme throughout Adenary on waiting for us talking about the coolness of a relationship sitting in, waiting for the end of winter, for a romance to bloom again in the spring. Then, of course, there was the song Freeze, with so many more analogies about this. Lyrics to natural disasters, storms, etc. The song 3 Racha, just everything about it, the lyrics, the confidence, gotta love it. The proverb in Super Bored. Trust me, I got this list to 17, with some subcategories for some numbers. I grouped them together to get to 17, like I always desperately try to do. Another thing on this list, it's really interesting how Stray Kids visualize love as a force working against them, as opposed to helping them. They learn to embrace it and live with it, but they treat it as kind of a hostile force. Because it's so full of the unknowns, it scares them. Not just now with the fuzzy, evil characters, the manifestation of their love is a force they're trying to fight against. But remember previously, Chainbin had that free hug sign that Felix walked by in the ordinary trailer. And that wasn't a cute scene, that was an ominous scene. That was like a sinister horror movie free hugs moment. They also seem to portray youth and growing up, birthdays, etc. Those themes as working against them too. Sounds like Chronosaurus talk about viewing time as this monster you can't control. In the new video for Superboard, the birthday cake is literally the bomb. There was also a dark, ominous birthday cake scene in that ordinary trailer video. Ominous undertones about love, youth, typically just vibrant, associated with goodness and cheerfulness concepts. 
It also seems notable to me whenever they try to mark time with photographs, stopping to take a picture, etc. They do that again in Chill now. They did it before on Freeze, the ordinary intro video, Be Me. Number 16 and 17, I want to get to last. First, I'll share my honorable mentions, just some asides that didn't make the list of things I thought were worth noting, story-wise. There's the fact that things go down at that fancy dining table. That's where the top secret files exchanged hands, where they had that scene with the people in black outfits on one side of the table, white outfits on the other, what gets a dividing line between the parallel worlds. There's the metaphor they kind of bring to life by literally lighting up the night, bringing the sparks with the whole concept of the plug and the outlet. In the case 143 video, they have to disassemble it. But even so, there are just all these lightning sparks everywhere around them. They bring the sparks, they bring the energy. They're a fuse waiting to burst, basically. The last two things I want to talk about, we're going to go back in time now to some past Stray Kids videos, their overall story, and how the new developments fit into the bigger picture. And that combines recapping 16 and 17 on my list, which are the specific roles each character plays in this music video universe, and all the references to the parallel worlds, that there are different realities here that they exist in. So sometimes they are watching a version of themselves do something because they also exist in a different dimension simultaneously. Some storylines in different artist videos are about dimension hopping. This, I think, is more, yes, doing that, but also not just about sometimes you're in one dimension, sometimes in another, but simultaneously in both, keeping tabs on the other version of yourself. Back when this story really got started with District 9, that school bus rammed through this glass wall into the other dimension. They broke through it, then spray-painted their logo on the flag, literally putting their flag on the new world. They were also in this world we see in Levantar when the camera zooms through a keyhole at the beginning to show these fields on the other side. Eventually the moons converge into one world, so they seem to have been fused back together. That seemed to continue into the Lonely Street era, because that's when a blue moon is seen, one big full moon, behind Lino. Notable again because Lino's the one pulling the lever literally. So it seems like two worlds became one again. Not so fast. This may be more complicated of a timeline than you think. Because in the back door video, there are a lot of doorways. And they throw this emblem at the door. They combine their puzzle pieces together to form one whole emblem that bursts the door open to this other world. Possibly more than that, because each character kind of gets their own setting, theme song style. So just when it looked like the narrative was getting condensed, it opened up into even more avenues. Now, they seem to reside in the supernatural realm, unsure how to get out. Felix is kind of living nine lives, basically, survives the fall out the window. Well, he was pushed out. It wasn't really a fall. His eyes end up glowing, indicating that immortality here. Ian pulls that trick on Felix in Adenary, switching it so that the missing person image in the paper is Felix instead of his. There's also a headline in that paper that says the documents I left behind, alluding to maybe the top secret documents that exchange hands later in the story. There seems to be another moment playing with the borders of this world. In the freeze video, when they play Russian roulette, Hyunjin ends up shooting the screen, glass shatters everywhere. They're like literally breaking out of the matrix. Hyunjin continues to take that active role in this dimension warping. 
smearing the camera with paint in the accident intro video, drawing on the window that he previously pushed Felix out of. Maybe not the same window, but kind of symbolic that he's back at the ledge by a window. Plus time is kind of suspended, frozen. So several worlds kind of became one. Then we realized, no, there are actually a lot of worlds here. And now we're at the point in the story where they realize not only that, but we have the power to change the confines between these worlds. And we can actively, right now in the moment, kind of shapeshift those lines, alter those lines. We don't have to follow any specific clear-cut rule about boundaries here. And they show that with very overt split-screen moments for Maxident in the trailer and in the Case 143 video. Parts were overtly, horizontally, the screen shows one realm up top and one realm on the bottom of the screen. They also play dual roles. They watch themselves be the kind of physically manifested feelings of those fuzzballs, I'll call them. Those heart-shaped, colorful, evil villain characters. They're the cops on their tail, and they are represented by those things they're chasing. They confront the cop versions of themselves. They start chasing a different version of themselves, literally. They also kind of play with the whole space-time continuum very overtly in case 143. Suman presses replay and the whole plot goes backwards. Then Lino, again the one who pulled the lever earlier, and stood in front of the sign of the full moon, all the moons converged again at one point, continues his pivotal symbolic role here and jumps through the screen, glass shattering. All the members join him on the other side of it and walk off, literally into the dark side. The other track videos from Accident continue to be very more overt than ever about them simultaneously existing in multiple realms. They see one of them caught on security footage in the TMI video. In Superboard, they watch themselves on a TV show. They turn a Valentine's Day card, basically, from 3D to 2D to 4D, blurring those lines. They actually fly the airplane out of the screen in taste and directly into the action at the start of Can't Stop. Then they overtly watch themselves perform from behind the monitors as they perform a circus show. They also seem to kind of get interactive with the camera and break the fourth wall by kicking this giant ball in the circus video out of frame. They're working out of frame, they're working limitlessly, expanding into different realms. So this new era now is not only about, oh, we learned we can manipulate these boundaries between dimensions. Now it's at the point where they're like, we're going to do it with a wink and a nod to the audience. Playfully keep changing those lines. Not only can we change them, we will change them overtly and keep tabs on ourselves and other dimensions. Let's keep these antics going. We can't control these emotions, these maxidents. Might as well have fun with them. Make the most of it. Each character in the Stray Kids music video universe seems clearer than ever. First there's Hyunjin with his apple, his villainous character who pushed Felix out the window before, sheets the glass during Russian roulette, and he's the most actively messing with the scene in the Maxident trailer again. Drawing on the window, smearing the camera, possibly prompting the screen's fade to black moment. He's also the one who carried the literal bomb cake in Superboard. Felix's character, what we know about him is that he's in their crosshairs. Ayan tried to swap with him in the missing person ad. Hyunjin tried to basically kill him. People really want something to happen to Felix, perhaps because his character knows too much. His character is kind of on the front lines of this story, this mission, getting the top secret documents in that TMI video, trying to rope in and chain down the fuzzball characters. 
he's the main character wandering through all those odd settings in the ordinary trailer. He's a main role here, a protagonist role. Lino, most notably, pulls that lover in back door and a scene when the moon is full, indicating this is just a joined single world again. Soonwin's main thing to note seems to be his relative outsider status, the way his work on these missions is kind of off to the side. He's kind of alone. He's alone at the start of Chill, and he also works alone to rewind the tape in case 143. Ayen, naturally as the Makne, is the most childish character. There's a moment in the Case 143 video where it looks like someone shoots the pink fuzzy character and in a puff of smoke the character is replaced with Ayen standing there. So I'm not sure if that meant Ayen was that character in disguise or that character just poofed away and Ayen showed up magically in that moment. But it could have been him trying to pretend to dress up as the villain just for fun. Han's character seems most notable with the black umbrella symbolism which is possibly just a way to show that there are these symbols that are being transferred to the different realms. Bangchen seems to be around their flag a lot, although it's interesting that he often holds up a flag with their logo on it, but the flag he's in front of in the new TMI video is just a blank white one, like they're starting anew again. And lastly, Changbin. To me, something seems off and suspicious about his association with the color red in these videos. He was holding that ominous free hug sign in the red-lit phone booth in Ordinary. In back door, he had this red tassel on his scepter. Now he's trying to figure out what to do. He's one of the baseball cap wearers ordered to find the TMI. He also seems to be on a mission trying to call someone for help amid fiery chaos in the very memeable scene full of fire in case 143. So that's what we know about the characters in the roles in this story, which I think will get even more entertaining over time because of all these different ways they can play these characters and different characters depending on what realm. They keep watching themselves carry out different antics. Lots of narrative potential here. Those are all my thoughts and theories about Maxident so far. Feel free to share yours with me. Love talking all things Stray Kids. I will have more to say about the album itself, the songs on it, on a review coming to howtostand.substack.com pretty soon, so make sure you subscribe for that. I'll make sure it's a free post. And stay tuned for lots more new exciting coverage, both on Substack and the podcast, for the rest of the month. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Enjoy Maxident, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Bye, everybody.